Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 20. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your up-close, personal, and in-your-face connection with Gary Renard, best-selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and the third book, Love Has Forgotten No One which will not be forgotten. We'll talk more about that in a while. I'm Gene Bogart, podcast producer and Gary's co-host for these wonderful get-togethers that we have. And there's no need to go on any further. Before we bring him in, he's on the other end of the Skype line. Would you welcome, please, the star of our show, Gary Renard! (laughs) I'm doing my phony applause. Hey, pal, how you doing, bud? What's up? Uh, You're right, man. I'm I'm so funny, uh, I can't stand myself. Actually, uh, I'm actually taking a breather for a change here. I feel like I've been going forever, and I actually have a week off here, so uh, that's really cool. Yeah, you're a uh, busy, usually, busy guy. You have been. Yeah, yeah. Usually, when uh, summer rolls around, you know, I, I don't have that much uh, to do. I, I do a lot, but not as much as usually. But uh, this year was different. This year, I just kept going all the time. I felt like I was doing all these trips that would last for five days, like to Canada. And, uh, you know, five days to Denver because I also recorded my third audio CD with Sounds True last uh, week. Aha. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. It's called Fearless Love. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll be out in November, I believe. And uh, it went pretty well. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm well, excited a, about that. You know, that's a great title. Yeah. It really goes in with uh, your book, Love Has Forgotten No One. Well, and its sequel, yeah. Fearless Love. It's, it's like a song. Was that the OJs or somebody? <laughs> did? Uh, yeah, anyway, but no, that sounds great. And uh, yeah, people love your Sounds True recording. So you got the new one. When when will that actually be out? I'm pretty sure it'll be November. Uh, of course, you never know mm-hmm. uh, with these companies. It could be as late as January. Uh, which is what happened with the book. It was supposed to be uh, November, and it's going to be January. But uh, I think that's going to work out good because what's uh, happening is that with Arden and Persa is that they told me that they want me to do a book every year. Uh-huh. And uh, I've been doing them on average every two years. So this is going to be an acceleration of my writing. And I think what they're going for is they want me to put out a new book every January. Uh-huh. And uh, so it'll kind of like get it into people's minds that, you know, hey, let's start the year off right. You know, let's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have a new book at the beginning of the year. It helps keep people, uh, you know, focused on the course, you know, and what the course is saying and really helps them to zero in on forgiveness. So uh, it looks like that's the way that it's shaping up. And be- in order to do that, I'm going to take uh, at least one weekend off every month, which is something that I haven't done uh, in the last five years, and uh, that will enable me to be at home, you know, a good ten or eleven days in a row every month, and that'll really help my writing. That'll that'll really help me to keep up with uh, Arden and Persa, who are still coming every month, and they're actually giving me the material for the fourth book now. Ah, so it's like uh, wow, you know, it's like my head is spinning <laughs> with all this stuff to do. But, yeah, and uh, a lot of your traveling schedule, I guess people probably are aware of this, but but most of the time, it probably more often than not involves weekend we- uh, webinars, <laughs> weekend workshops and seminars. Uh, I know you do things on other days of the week, but it seems like the Friday, Saturday, Sunday slot seems to be a real busy one for you. And when you're tied up every weekend, you're traveling on the off days and you don't have you know any amount of time to be home doing the writing work and compilation work that you need to do. That's true. Uh, I'll usually leave on a Thursday 
and I'll return uh, on a Sunday or even a Monday sometimes, wow. which only gives me a couple of days to like, you know, catch up on things, do errands, the mail, the emails, the phone calls, you know, appointments, uh, do the laundry or whatever. <laughs> and it's you like, do uh, laundry? I thought like big celebrities, I thought you just wore new clothes all the time. <laughs> no, I, I uh, actually do that kind of stuff. I even uh, iron my own shirts Ooh. when I'm on the road. So, you know, so uh, I probably should have an assistant come with me, but you know, that would probably take up a significant portion of my income right there. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of cheap, uh, especially since the divorce. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. You know, I've, I've still got a few people have written in questions. I guess either they didn't hear because a while ago, uh, you know, it, it, during the time of the separation and the divorce, we talked about that a lot on the shows and you've spoken about that publicly. But some people are, oh, are they okay? Is everything? I mean, I just heard, you know, so I don't know if you have any updates for us or anything, but uh, Karen's bleeding well, actually, dry other than uh, that. Huh? It's, oh, I'm kidding. Kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Actually, that's a good question, and I'm going to write about uh, the divorce and our relationship with Karen, which people will see in the, in the next book when uh -huh. it comes out in January. Uh, but to answer that question, if we're all right, uh, yes, we are. Uh -huh. uh, everything's fine. In fact, I just talked to Karen on the phone yesterday. Uh, we're good friends. We get along well. Uh, she's dating. Wow. And uh, I'm dating, so, hey. you know, uh, life goes on, you know. Boy, this is like 90210 here, I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't know the zip for Honolulu at this point. I'm not sure. Yeah, actually, I took, uh, for those who don't know, I took Karen out to dinner for her birthday in Waikiki. Mm -hmm. So uh, we actually had a bit of a reunion uh, there in uh, Hawaii. And, uh, you know, people, they will ask me at my workshops why I didn't move to Hawaii. And uh, here's Karen living in Hawaii, which is kind of ironic when you think about it. You know, and I told her I'm going to come out there and uh, visit my money. And uh, visit your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm doing okay. I'm just kidding. I mean, we we split everything fifty fifty, so it's not like I'm broke or anything. And uh, you know, it's like uh, uh, we're friends. You know, that really means a lot to me because if you told me a year and a couple of months ago that we would be this good friends this fast and that we would have a good relationship like this and be able to help each other and, you know, talk on the phone, send emails to each other. Uh, I wouldn't have thought so, hmm. you know, even a year ago. So uh, things have changed significantly. There's a reason for that. And it has to do with love and forgiveness. And that's something that I'm going to write about that people will see in the next book and how it affected our whole divorce and our whole relationship, which really started off very rough. And uh, there was a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of difficulty, but things changed. And I'm going to describe you know, how they changed uh, mm -hmm. in the next book in detail and why that I think that's the way that it happened. So uh, in general, it's, it's turning out to be a very growing kind of a process, especially for her, uh, but also for me, because I was able to use it for forgiveness. And I never would have uh, done that if it wasn't for my teachers. I don't think that I would have understood A Course in Miracles if it wasn't for my teachers, and I'm able to apply it to my life. And it really does make a huge difference uh, in your life and the quality of your life. I'm not saying that you're changing the ego's script or anything, but by looking at it differently and interpreting it with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego, that's the Holy Spirit script. It's the way that you interpret the ego's script. Yeah. And uh, it makes all the difference in the world. It can uh, have a substantial difference in the quality of your life. And eventually, even what you think that you are, you know, uh, if you see other people as being bodies, you're going to experience that you're a body and that you're separate, and it can lead to a lot of loneliness and deprivation and scarcity. But if you see other people as being what they really are, 
you know, like I think of Karen as being nothing less than God. I think of uh, the kind of spirit that the Course teaches, which is that you are not just part of it, you're all of it. And uh, this perfect oneness, you know, by definition, which is how the Course describes heaven, uh, you would have to be all of it in order for there to be perfect oneness. You couldn't be just part of it. Mm -hmm. So uh, by thinking of her that way, I've come to experience myself that way more. And uh, it really is better. You know, it's like I say, it really is better to be a butterfly than to be a caterpillar. You know, it really is better. <laughs> oh, you know, grasshopper. Be yes, grasshopper. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it really is better to be spirit than to be a body. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm not saying that you don't do all the normal things that bodies do. You know, uh, you know, Jesus was married and he, he had relationships and he had normal friends and he liked to laugh. And, you know, there were times when you wouldn't think that Jesus was Jesus. You would just think that he was a person. And it was the same with Mary Magdalene, his wife, who was also enlightened. Uh, you know, sometimes they'd be hanging out and uh, people would just think, you know, if, if they didn't know him, they would just think that they were an ordinary couple. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, you have to be able to remember how to have a normal life. You know, you have to be able to interact with people because that's where your forgiveness lessons lie. And I think that uh, Jesus made quite a statement by giving A Course in Miracles in New York City because he was saying, look, you don't have... <laughs> if, if you can forgive it here, you can forgive it anywhere. <laughs> That's for sure. You know, it's like uh, you don't have to go off and meditate on a mountaintop in Tibet for 20 years right. uh, in order to attain enlightenment. Your enlightenment can lie in the very things that you see right in front of your face. Mm -hmm. You know, and even if you're living a very fast kind of a life, as I sometimes do, traveling from uh, place to place and trying to catch airplanes, and, you know, God knows they haven't made it any easier to travel oh. nowadays and, oh. and to fly. And, uh, you know, in the midst of all that, it's possible to take a step back in your mind and observe everything and forgive it. And, uh, you know, then all of a sudden it's like it's not so serious. It's not like I'm, uh, you know, some author that has to be somewhere and has to catch this plane and has to do this and has to do that. What I am is somebody simply playing the part of an author who has to be here and be there like Shakespeare, you know, said the, the world's a stage and each must play his part. And that's really all I'm doing because this isn't me. You know, I, I used to think it was me, but you know, now I know better. And you're so, also uh, you're also projecting the very circumstances that you think you're finding yourself in, and remembering that I think is really the cornerstone of forgiving it. It's coming from you, as you've often said. Absolutely, Gene. I think that's the hardest part of forgiveness is remembering when you're in the middle of it. You know, and the stuff hits the fan. Uh, if you can remember the truth, if you can remember uh, the title of one workbook lesson from A Course in Miracles. Everything that you've learned will come back to you because the truth is holographic. Mm -hmm. So if you remember one piece of it, then the whole thing comes back to you. The whole thought system of the Holy Spirit will replace the entire thought system of the ego, which is why I tell people it's very important to understand as much as you can about both thought systems. That makes it uh, more likely for you to choose the Holy Spirit right. when the going gets tough and when uh, you know, you're tempted to regard yourself as a body, which is what temptation really is according to A Course in Miracles, because the ego has that number one play, which is to convince you that you're a body. And if you're a body, that means that you have real problems in a real world uh, that requires real solutions by you that interact with other real bodies, and, and it makes the whole ego can of worms, that whole thought system real. And so that's why, uh, you know, if the ego can do one thing, if it can convince you that you're a body, then the ego has won. And eventually, if you're a body, then you're vulnerable. 
And if you're vulnerable, and, and uh, of course there's a lot of unconscious guilt that we can talk about some other time, but uh, if you're guilty and vulnerable, then you're going to have fear. And that's why uh, actually the last obstacle to peace in A Course in Miracles is the fear of God. But most people don't know that they're afraid of God because it's unconscious. If, if it was conscious, then they'd be aware of it. But obviously they're not aware of it, and it's unconscious. And so most people wouldn't even think that they were afraid of God. And yet... All of this fear and guilt can be traced back to that original idea of being separate mm -hmm. from God, which is uh, what leads to all the madness and all the craziness and all the uh, scarcity. You know, obviously, you can't have scarcity in perfect oneness. You can't have anything lacking uh, when you have everything, which is why the Course says that a sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need correct. Mm -hmm. And if you corrected that one lack, the real one, then all the others would take care of themselves. You can't have lack in your mind, even if it looks like you're out of money, you would still have abundance in your mind if you were coming from a place of oneness with God. And who knows what kind of guidance that would lead to. You know, it's kind of like you have an endless supply if you're coming from a place where you're in spirit. Because ideas are going to come into your mind that will tell you what to do, where to go, how you can be taken care of. You know, it's kind of like you have now an endless supply of inspired ideas that will come to you in your mind that will guide you as to, uh, you know, how you're going to eat tonight and uh, who knows, maybe better than that. I mean, you know, you might even end up uh, being wealthy, but if you do, it's just because that was kind of like what was called for in the script this time. I, I don't want people to uh, suffer from the delusion that the Holy Spirit changes the ego script. The uh, one way that you can have a different experience uh, when it comes to what happens would be to change dimensions of time, which is absolutely possible. Uh, in fact, right in those first 15 miracles principles uh, in the Course, it says the miracle, which is forgiveness, works in all the dimensions of time. So, uh, you know, it's actually possible to change dimensions of time. We're actually more than one place right now. In fact, we're everywhere. Uh, we're not limited to the tiny uh, speck of time and space that we think we are. We're actually everywhere and every time. And that's kind of a mind-blower because there are different scenarios and different dimensions going on right now. And we are actually in all of them. And uh, we don't experience them because they're kind of like walled off in the mind. They're kind of like separated in the mind because everything in, in multiple universes even, mm -hmm. it's all based on the idea of separation. Let me jump so in. We don't, Let me just ask sure, one, one thing here because I was going to say when you say that we're actually in all of them, I guess wouldn't it ultimately be true that we're actually in none of them? None of them is real. Now, we seem to be somewhere and in that sense we seem to be in all of them simultaneously but in reality we're uh, we're never really there we just think we are and that's what we have to unlearn is that kind of is that the angle we're looking for here yeah i think that's true you could say uh, all is one and all is none oh there you in go in fact i think there's i think there's a song in that actually <laughs> we'll, we'll work on it there, there yeah. ought to be yeah but yeah, when I say that uh, we're in all of them, I mean in, in each aspect of the illusion, you know, the illusory us, because obviously this isn't even us. Right, right. You know, what we really are is this perfect spirit. And the idea is to change our experience of being separate and of being uh, bodies, you know, back to this uh, experience of being spirit. So, you know, it's like I tell people, I'm not here to say that uh, it isn't our experience that we're bodies. You know, I'm just here to say that it's a false experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not true. It's like a, a physicist will tell you, you know, you're a non-spatial being having a spatial experience. So you're experiencing that you're separate and that you're confined to this tiny speck of time and space. But the truth is, even in the illusion, there's a connectedness and everything is one and you're actually everywhere. Mm -hmm. In fact, you are the one ego 
that thinks that it's here. You're not this uh, separate thing that looks like it's separate from these billions of bodies. Those billions of bodies are actually just a projection that is coming from the mind, which means that even your own body right. is a projection that is coming from the mind. So none of it is true. But the problem is our experience is that it is true. So what we need to do is change the experience. We need to uh, be able to undo, as the Course says, you know, salvation is undoing. We need to be able to undo this idea of separation in the mind and return to a condition of oneness and wholeness. And that's what changes the experience of being a separate body over to the experience of being what you really are and where you really are, which is actually uh, at home in heaven. It's like the Course says, you know, it says you travel but in dreams while safe at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also says you're at home in God, dreaming of exile, but perfectly capable of awakening to reality. So it's like that awakening, that is enlightenment. You know, it's awakening from the dream, like Buddha said, you know, I am awake. Uh, people didn't realize that Buddha was actually teaching very much the same thing as Jesus. But uh, then what happens, of course, is that people make up religions based on things that they already believed you know, before, right. uh, you know, there was uh, any such thing. Well, thank God uh, they didn't do that Jesus with, Buddha. yeah, thank God they didn't do that with Jesus's teachings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, well, that would have been a mess. <laughs> I was talking with a few people about this the other day, and, uh, you know, I mentioned this once in a while because my teachers told me in disappearance that, you know, if I ever wanted to see Christianity in, in a nutshell, I'd just go back, read the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 5 through 10. And you go there and you read that, and it's astonishing because you have all this stuff about a lamb being led to the slaughter, and you know by his wounds we are healed, you know, and things like that. And yet that was written seven hundred years before Jesus. Right. And you can see how uh, so many of the things that are in the New Testament were taken from the old scripture and then superimposed onto Jesus. Or the blood, the blood sacrifice. Right. Yeah. right. So now instead of a Jesus who is teaching that he's not a body and that he can't feel pain and that the whole purpose of it is as the, the message of the crucifixion says in A Course in Miracles, teach only love for that is what you are. Instead of a pure message of love and forgiveness, uh, it becomes a message of suffering and sacrifice that you can clearly see that was written 700 years before Jesus. And it's identical. It's it's the same thing. And uh, it really misses the point uh, entirely. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, we have to kind of like step back and say, well, look, uh, you know, they were trying to win converts from Judaism to Christianity. And they took all these things and they superimposed them onto Jesus. They put words in Jesus' mouth. And uh, the same thing was done with Buddha. Uh, Buddha was a Hindu, you know, Jesus was a Jew, Buddha was a Hindu, and uh, they took a lot of things that they already believed and superimposed them onto him. And uh, I think that in reality, uh, Jesus and Buddha were very much alike, and that's why A Course in Miracles has so much in common with Buddhism. In fact, uh, even though it uses Christian language to speak to a Western audience, you could say that uh, Christianity uh, is less in A Course in Miracles than Buddhism is. Mm. And uh, then on top of that, you do have this one difference, and that's this beautiful, wonderful vision of God that Jesus gives us in the Course in Miracles. You have a God who really is perfect and who really is perfect love. And if perfect love was perfect love, then all that perfect love would know how to do would be to love. Mm-hmm. You know, if it knew if it knew how to do something else, it wouldn't be perfect love. And it only so creates it, would, uh, it only creates love and not hate and not fear. That's right, and you could say that it extends love because real love has to be shared. It's like uh, 
you know, it's it's the endless sharing of uh, perfect love that goes on in heaven, and and the course teaches that in this world, the uh, perceptual counterpart to creating in the kingdom in this world is forgiveness. So, uh, but it's the kind of forgiveness that Jesus teaches, which is obviously not only not the kind of forgiveness that most people. Uh, think about if they think about it at all, but then uh, on top of that, it's uh, it's not just observing and letting things go. It's a little bit more proactive. You are actually replacing the ego's way of looking at things with the Holy Spirit's way of looking at things, which is a whole thought system that sees people differently. And when I say see, I mean in your mind, the way that you think about people. That's where spiritual sight is. It's the way that you think about people. It's nothing that's seen with the body's eyes, although certainly it can show up as symbols uh, to the body's eyes. Not that we're actually seeing with the body's eyes. We're actually seeing with the mind uh, as the Course teaches you are reviewing mentally that which has already gone by, which is kind of a mind blower. But <laughs> then when you put it that together, then you see that even our own body, like if you hold your hand up in front of your face, even that is just a part of the same projection as all these other bodies, which means that this body that I used to think was me is uh, no more special or different than any of these other bodies that I'm seeing out there. And then you can, then you get to a point, you know, some people say like, uh, you know, the four agreements will say, don't take anything personally. Well, with the Course in Miracles, you can actually learn why you shouldn't take anything personally and actually experience that. Right. Uh, and it's the same with the idea of being in the now, you know, the power of now. Well, it's easy to say that, but you can't say uh, that I'm going to be in the now and actually stay there as long as you have this unconscious guilt that's in your mind. So the Course actually undoes the cause of separation, and then you can get to a point where you can stay in the now forever, what the Course Miracles calls the eternal always. Mm-hmm. And it, it's different. You know, it's kind of like you're proactively replacing the way that you see people with this idea of what they really are which is the spirit that is nothing less than God, nothing less than all of it. So obviously it's something that, as the Course says, nothing real can be threatened. You know, that's what the Course is talking about, is this perfect spirit. Then when it says nothing unreal exists, well, that would be bodies, it would be other bodies, it would be your body, it would be anything, because obviously the body is the great symbol of separation in A Course in Miracles, which is why the Course emphasizes that so much and says over and over again, I'm not a body, I'm free for I am still as God created me. So it's kind of like uh, by doing the kind of forgiveness that is taught in the Course, the ego, the idea of separation is undone. And eventually, if you completely undo the ego, then the real you is all that's left, and that's when you completely experience this oneness with your creation, this oneness with God or spirit. A lot of these words in the Course are synonymous. And uh, it all comes back to a choice that is made between one of two things, which is why the Course says that it's simple. Uh, it doesn't say that it's easy. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it does say that it's simple. In fact, uh, it doesn't just use the word simple once. It uses the word simple, I believe, 158 times. Wow, wow, that many. And that's why uh, it really does come down to this choice between one of two things. And, uh, you know, I like to joke about uh, how the Course was given in New York City because uh, it looks so complex and it looks so impressive, and it is. But you could argue that if you gave New York intellectuals something simple, they wouldn't listen. Huh? Yeah, so it's kind of like Jesus had to give them something that looked so impressive and so complicated. But no matter how uh, complicated the ego is, and that's certainly one of the reasons that the course is so long, is because the truth is simple, but the ego is not simple. Uh, the ego is very complex. 
uh, at one point, the Course says that the ego is ingenious, which is why uh, I think Jesus really spells it out for us in the Course, that whole ego thought system. You know, some teachers have said, oh, the Course focuses too much on the ego. Well, the truth is you have to know what you're up against yeah. you know, in order oh, to yeah. do it. Uh, there are some people who will tell you that you should make friends with your ego. Ah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got news from them. The ego is not interested in being your friend. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, what, what does it say? Wants- the, one, the one quote about the ego deals with you with suspiciousness at best and viciousness at worst. Or, I mean, the, yeah, the ego is never your friend, ever. That's right. It says that a couple of times in the course. Uh, the way it puts it another time is that uh, the ego's uh, range of emotions shifts from suspiciousness to viciousness. Uh-huh. So, uh, he actually says that a couple of times yeah. uh, in different ways in the course. And, uh, you know, the thing to do with the ego is just realize, look, this is something that is a false idea that led to a false me that needs to be undone. And the way that it's it's undone is the fastest is to change the way that you look at other people because as you think about other people, your unconscious mind is translating that to be a message about you. Uh, we've covered that before, so I'm not going to get into it in detail, but it's like uh, as the Course puts it, as you see him, you will see yourself. You know, that's like a fundamental law of the mind, and it must be pretty important because after Jesus says that, he says, never forget this. Mm. He says, in that person, you will either find yourself or lose yourself. You know, one thing I wanted to mention and tying it in with what you were saying earlier about relationships and with you and Karen and how you've really gotten, and I know this because I've, I've spoken to her independently as well recently, which you know, and, you know, she and you both share a great love and care for each other. And so it, you're a good example of that for sure. Um, I, I think a lot of people think, wouldn't that be nice if, you know, that's sort of the ideal that can't be achieved, but, but it really can be achieved by anybody. It does take that perspective. And that was my point here. Most people traditionally think that a relationship is two separated individuals who somehow have chosen to interact. So that's the relationship. But from a course perspective, it's there are no separated individuals. I call that I call that dating. <laughs> and then the misery comes later. No, stop. Uh, but I, I think when you see it from that perspective where the entire relationship is your projection what seems to be the other person and what seems to be you as the human person, you're projecting all of that. And therefore you're projecting any interaction you may see. And that's true of the other person as well. It is, you know, that's the odd paradox. It's always my projection. And by that, I mean, from everyone's perspective, it's, they all think it's my projection and it is. So when we really can see that and get wrapped around that idea, we can forgive any indiscretion because it's always our projection. So there's the forgiveness lesson, and hence, the seeming human relationship can be based on love and not the hatreds and angers, because you've taken responsibility and dismissed them and sent them away to the Holy Spirit. Do I have that about right? Uh, could you repeat that? Sure. What I said was... No, I'm just, I'm just kidding, I know, I know. Uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Hey, uh, can I tell him that old joke about the guy that takes a woman out to dinner? Oh, really I, fast, right? Okay, I don't think I remember it, so tell me too. Okay, this guy takes a woman out to dinner... Uh, and all he does is talk about himself. You know, and I'm just telling this joke because I'm, you know, I'm dating. And uh, this guy takes one out to dinner. All he does is talk about himself for like an hour and a half. He just keeps going on and on and on about himself. You know, how much money he makes. You know, how good he is at his job and how good he is at sports and you know the place where he lives and his car. And he talks about his plans for the future. You know, he just keeps going on and on about himself for like an hour and a half. Then after an hour and a half, he says to the woman, he says, "But enough about me." What do you think about me? 
Yes, then there's a slap a slapping sound follows that. <laughs> Speaking, you know, I started, well, go, I started go to tell that joke in Canada, right? Yeah. I was, I was telling that joke, and I, the first line I said, you know, this guy takes a woman out for dinner, and all he does is talk about himself for like an hour and a half, and a woman in the audience yelled out, that's no joke. <laughs> <laughs> and I always thought Canadians were so polite. <laughs> they usually are. They usually I know. Are. I kid. But, I kid uh, my Canadian friends. We were saying that. Uh, we'll talk about this in a moment. We recently were in contact with a number of Canadian people. You do all the time. Uh, me less frequently, but they are very polite in general. And I don't mean that as a backhanded compliment. They're wonderful people. Very, very. Well, nice. you know the thing. Uh, the thing with workshops nowadays is that some people who do workshops, uh, they're used to encouraging the audience to speak up and to participate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I prefer to save that for the question and answer session. But some people don't know that, so they come into the workshop thinking that uh, they're going there to talk, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, you know, I have to kind of say, well, you know, that, that part comes later, you know. <laughs> so you know, I, I say, if you're bursting with something that you want to say, why don't you just burst, you know, silently? Okay. And uh, then we can do the question and answer thing later, which is actually one of my favorite uh, parts of the workshop is when uh-huh. we do get to the question and answer session because I like to interact with people, and usually if somebody asks a question. Then it triggers uh, a memory in my experience, you know, because I've been doing this for 15 years now. And uh, the kinds of questions that people ask are the same kinds of questions that I would ask, uh, whether it be the things that I ask art in person or Jesus in my mind or the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. or whatever. They're, they're asking the same questions that I've been through and having the same experiences that I've been through. And so uh, it really is my favorite time, I think, uh, of the workshop. And uh, one of the things I liked about uh, the cruise that we did. Uh, See, you've jumped ahead, Gary. I was going to bring that up as a topic, and I couldn't get in there to talk about it yet. But we're going to, we should, well, we should preface this a bit. But go ahead and say, finish up, and then we'll preface it afterwards. <laughs> sure. We could kind of like post preface it. Post preface. It would be like a. <laughs> we had premature I, something or other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I really liked about the cruise to Alaska that we did, and of course, you came on the cruise, which is great. Yes, I and, did. And uh, so did Helen, your, your wife, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, we had a great time, and uh, my booking agent Jan was there, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and Ibis. Uh, we have to say hello, Ibis. I don't know if she even listened to our podcast. She's she's the uh, the agent that kind of organized the actual tour, the tour part of the cruising ship. Yes, thing. Ibis is uh, she's the one from uh, you know World Cruise Travel who's uh, in charge of the whole thing, and uh-huh. she was just wonderful, a really great person, uh, wonderfully accomplished person. Actually, she used to be the vice president of HBO. Yeah, we can thank and, her for uh, Beastmaster, but uh, no, that's a, a yeah. no. I know she's big, big resume behind her, and and yet she's just a party girl, in in the best she sense. Sure yeah, yeah, we had, we had a good time, and uh, you know the thing I liked about the cruise is because we had thirteen hours, you know, of uh, workshop material, which gave uh, much more time for personal interactions and questions and answers. Uh, which is, as I said, my favorite part. Then on top of that, we had plenty of personal interaction outside of the uh, workshop because we're all eating in the same area. And uh, we're walking on the decks and we're always bumping into each other and talking and shooting the breeze and uh, going on excursions together. Uh, as you know, we even had our own cocktail hour. That's and, right. Uh, they That's had, right. They actually cleared the whole place out just for us. I thought that was pretty cool. It was wild. And, and then we uh, had a couple of people sat down around the piano and our, our friend Eric brought in a guitar he had with him. And we all did this big Beatles sing along. It was totally impromptu. Great, great stuff. Yeah. And the guy at the piano bar, that piano player, he was good. He was really good. And we're all singing along. 
Uh, Charlie, Charlie, yeah, he was great at the actual piano bar on board the ship, where, where we ended up on many nights uh, with a lot of good, <laughs> a lot of good sing along going on there. He's he's an energetic fellow to say the least. And you and Helen, you really take over. <laughs> you guys like you guys like to sing, and, uh, and you guys know every song in the world as I do because you and I were you know musicians actually the same length of time. We That's graduated right. from high school at the same time. We were both. It's in our uh, blood, buddy. Yes, we were both professional guitar players for twenty years. And, yeah. Uh, you used to play on the QE2. Right? I did. You know, let me put in a quick plug for the cruising part of this thing, too. Because, yeah, I worked aboard the QE2. This is like 20-something years ago as an entertainer. That's what I was doing, guitar, singing in the in the, in the shows and stuff like that and in, in the lounges. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then uh, <clears throat> I've done a bit of cruising here and there along the way. This cruise, and we can also put in a plug for the coming up cruise, which will be next March. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Blessedly, it will be on the same ship, the Holland America Westerdam, because I got to say, that's probably the nicest ship I've ever been on. And that includes the QE2. The Westerdam was just wonderful. It wasn't, I mean, just a great place to be. Yes, I had been on uh, something like uh, four cruises uh-huh. uh, in my life. And, uh, you know, this ship was just absolutely amazing. I don't know how they do it because the food is like world class. It's wonderful. like the best food that you can get. It's like going to the best restaurant. Yeah. Uh, that you can go to, and here they are serving like two thousand people, you know, three times a day, and I just don't know how they do it. It's a, it's like a ma- it's like a magic show. It's like uh, you just uh, can't believe that they can pull this off. You how know? how can they organize that much? And it's not like a you know a, an army chow line or something here. Everything is meticulously served, perfect to order. If you have a problem, oh, I'd really rather have that. Two seconds later, they got the new dish out for you. I don't. I just have no idea how they manage it, but they do it great. Well, the food was just spectacular. It was just unbelievable. Right, and uh, there are all kinds of things to do. You, you know, you're never without something to do if that's what you want. On the other hand, if you want to relax, uh, it's the perfect place to relax. You get the swimming pools and the jacuzzis and, and uh, things like that. And uh, you know, they, they're going to take this ship, the Western Dam, and bring it down, go through the uh, Panama Canal, uh, probably by October. Right, and uh, then they'll go into the Caribbean. Yeah, I guess they do the. They do the northern kind of cold water Alaska stuff like in the summer, which makes sense. And then for the winter, when they can't be up there, they bring, I guess, a few of the ships, including the Westerdam. They bring it through, as you said, and then do the Caribbean. So that's where we'll be in March. And I just want to say that the Westerdam, I think they said it was four years old. So it's very new. Um, everything is spotless, clean, meticulously clean ship. Everything was great. Actually, uh, actually, it's just one year old. Is it only real? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it only started uh, last year. Uh-huh. And uh, I've been to the Caribbean and I got to tell you, in the winter, it's aside from Hawaii, it's it's just uh, the greatest place to go. Oh, it's gorgeous! Uh, yeah. In in a way, you could say that it's more fun to swim in the Caribbean because the water is so uh, clear. You know, it has that kind of like turquoise. Oh yeah, and uh, warm. But we we could see so far under the water. Warm. Uh, once you get across the uh, you know the Tropic of Cancer, it's like uh, warm all the time. Even at night, you're out walking on the deck, and it's really warm and romantic and yeah, you, know, you can see the stars, and uh, it's a great experience. And the timing, you know, we're leaving on March 22nd, and that's great because, uh, you know, everybody's been kind of like holed up for the winter, yeah. uh, especially when you start getting a little bit more north than you are. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, our buddy Gene here lives in Boca Raton, and I go visit him once in a while. I was there uh, in June. And uh, I'm looking forward to coming back soon. Yeah, people say, uh, you know, like where I am, uh, you should go to the Bahamas for a vacation. I say, the Bahamas is north of me. Why would I want to go that? They're wrong. <laughs> but the cruise will be south. We're going to the uh, southeastern part of the uh, Caribbean and some great islands and destinations down there. So that'll be in March. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's you know, just unbelievable. 
when we get to Puerto Rico, you're going to want to go see old San Juan. Yes. It's just oh, absolutely amazing. I was it's there sunny. years ago on the QE2, and I really liked San Juan. It's a beautiful old town, great history, and beautiful water and beaches and casinos and anything you'd want to do. Great shopping. They have a lot of great international stores there. So, yeah, we're given a whole – we should just do a travelogue here. It's the, the Gary and Gene Travelogue Show. Um, but, yeah, because we're going to go uh, – you mentioned the Bahamas. They actually have uh, – the cruise line has its own private island. Oh, right, right. Yes. And uh, we're going to stop there. And uh, I'm, from what everybody's told me, people just love it. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. And uh, there's a couple of other places that we're going. And uh, it, it's going to be really something. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have a great time. Uh, you know, so I'm really looking forward to it and myself just to have a good time. And then, yeah, we do the workshops and we have 13 hours to really get in depth into the course. And, uh, as I said, uh, you know, I had more personal interaction uh, on the cruise than I do at any other time with anybody. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really, uh, you know, personally rewarding for me, but also for the people who are there. And uh, one good thing about the uh, Caribbean cruise is that even though I think it's, it's going to be just as good as the Alaska cruise, uh, because of where it is, it's not quite as expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the Alaska cruise. The Alaska cruise is the most expensive cruise you, you can do, I guess. And uh, the Caribbean's not as, as expensive. So that's another good thing. And, and plus, a, a lot of people uh, on the East Coast will find it easier right. you know, to fly down to Florida. Well, especially me. Uh, I can drive to the ship from here. So you know, they're, they're out of uh, that's right. Port Everglades and Fort Lauderdale. So that's very close to where I live. But yeah, people in the East find it a little easier. And some people in the, in the West and Northwest certainly found Alaska easier, or Seattle easier to connect with. And that was yeah, just, definitely. just beautiful. I just did my quick little thing here for our podcast audience who, who weren't there, although many were. Hey, in addition to our Yahoo DU group members that we give a shout out to, we'll have to say hi to all of our fellow cruisers who I'm sure many of are listening to the podcast. So hi, all you guys. Uh, Alaska is breathtaking. It is just, it's a totally different world from what you would think of, certainly from a tropical destination, but beautiful in just different ways, you know, um, so it was just it was a tremendous trip, and so uh, you know there's too many people to mention, but I remember you all, and I know Gary does too, and uh, you know they were just so nice, and it really is. You were saying about getting to meet people more deeply uh, on the cruise because you're together for a week, you know, in a somewhat limited universe. You know, there's only a few thousand people on the ship and a few hundred people in in our group, so you do get to interact with all of them, you Gary and and me and everybody together, and that was so nice. It was just like being with this huge extent family because here we are all basically very loving and forgiving people everybody who practices the course and listens to your works and the podcast and and it was just wonderful i gotta say that just personally and emotionally it was a wonderful trip it was absolutely one of the best times i've ever had in my life so i could heartily recommend uh people joining us in march yeah we do really uh become like a family and uh i think people make lifelong friends Mm -hmm. On this cruise, and uh, I think it was good that you spent so much time too with the people. A lot of people I know I've talked to since uh, they really appreciated the fact that you and Helen also spent uh, a lot of time with them, as I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that's just because you know you naturally like people. You know you're you're a real people well, person. Well, let's say probably more so than me. Let's say that I like most people. <laughs> No, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm pretty likable and like like liking sort of. But uh, this cruise, it was it was no chore. Believe me, it was it was definitely a two way street. And you know, I'm sure that our friends Nancy and Mike are listening in. And do you know that Mike actually jogged across the Iditarod Trail in Alaska wearing only a speedo? 
All right, that's all I'm going to put. I don't want to go further with that image, but I just want to say he did a yeah. lot of he did a lot of outdoor activities. He did the skin diving thing where they go out diving in Alaska. They put on like a they call it a dry suit. It's like a wetsuit, but you don't get wet. But apparently yeah, you, do, you yeah. do still get cold. <laughs> he loved this guy's fearless. He's unbelievable. I think you and I were a little more reserved than that. We, uh... <laughs> oh, definitely. Like I was in uh, Marquette, Michigan, and every uh, you know January first, they do this thing where uh, they they jump into the water at Lake Superior. Uh-huh. You know, and then they actually have to cut the ice out in order <laughs> to have each other. And, uh, and these crazy people are marching down the street to the lake, and they're all chanting. It's not cold enough. It's not cold enough. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I said, the hell with this. I'm, I'm going to go and have a beer. Oh, <laughs> I am, I'm with you. I'm t- I am so spoiled. From I'm originally from New York, as you know, and I remember in the summers we'd go to Jones Beach and, ooh, it's so warm. Hey, the te- water temperature, it's over 70. And now it's like, 70? Oh, I'll see you in a few months. If there's not an 8 in the front of the number, I don't go in the water. That's it. So our Caribbean, I'll be swimming there. But Alaska, Michigan, I don't think so. Minnesota, wherever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was but great. Of course, uh, of course, the cool thing about uh, the cruises is that when we do the workshops, we have time to really practice forgiveness, really get into it uh, more deeply. The next uh, cruise will be based more on the third book. Uh, I'm actually calling it the Happy Dream Cruise because ah. uh, we, you know, we are going to practice that kind of forgiveness that leads to the happy dream. And I think that the cruise will end up seeming like a happy dream, uh, like we're dreaming you know, this idyllic existence. And uh, it's not just about what's happening, though. It's about how you experience what's happening. And ultimately, it all comes down to this experience of being what you really are. Then you get to walk through this dream and look at it in a way where if something bad happens, it can't affect you. It's like uh, the Course says, it denies the ability of anything not of God to affect you. And if something good is going on, and if you're making good relationships like the people that we meet, on these cruises, uh, the course is very specific about that. It says that when, when you're with a brother and there's nothing to forgive, then you should celebrate. You know, so uh, A Course in Miracles, as it turns out, is not this morose, suffering kind of a spiritual message. Uh, you notice that it talks about the happy dream. It talks about being a happy learner. Uh, one of the ten characteristics of a teacher of God is joy. You know, so uh, one of the things I emphasize is that, hey, it's okay to have a good time. You know, this is not about suffering or sacrifice. This is not about giving up a world that isn't there to give up. You know, it's about uh, enjoying your life and having a good time, and you actually end up having less guilt in your mind when you forgive people. And as a result of that, when you have less guilt in your mind, you actually end up enjoying your life more. You know, so uh, this is kind of like a win-win situation because you're building your house upon the rock, which is going to last forever, which is the rock of spirit. But at the same time, you kind of like get to have your cake and eat it too because you don't have to give up anything. You're simply looking at it differently. So uh, there's a lot of things that come together uh, that kind of like lead to a much better experience of life. And uh, it's a life that's well worth living and it's a thing that's well worth going for when you can change how you feel about yourself and how you experience yourself and ultimately what you believe you are. Uh, When you can change all that simply by learning how to change the way that you think and change the way that you look at other people, then it's something that's well worth doing. And uh, I understand that on our next podcast, uh, we're going to take all questions and answers that people have written in, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, I know that people like those episodes where we just do the uh, questions and the answers, and that will be the next one. 
But, uh, you know, it's really good to catch up with you, buddy, because uh, I've had kind of like a, you know, very, very busy summer, which I'm not going to do next year. I swear to God that uh, you know, I, I, I say this every year. Gary, yeah, I was going to say, I, I've heard this before. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I do know that uh, at the end of next summer, I'm going to go to Fin. No, not Fintorn. I've been to Fintorn in Scotland. I'm going to go to uh, Stonehenge ah. uh, in England, which I've always wanted to go to. And then after that, I'm going back to Paris. And uh, actually, there are going to be a lot of places next year that I'm going to where I've never been. Uh, aside from uh, Stonehenge, I'll be going to Japan, which uh, is really wild because, as you know, the book's like in uh, 20 different languages now. And they actually just published the second book in Japanese. Ah. And uh, so I'm going there next year. I think I'm going to go to Brazil. I do want to do more in Spanish-speaking places because The Course of Miracles is actually growing faster right. in Spanish than uh, any other language. Now, of course, Gary, in Brazil, they speak Portuguese. Well, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I also want to go to Argentina. Ah, there you go. The thing about the Portuguese is we had to have uh, two different translations because they speak a different kind of Portuguese in Portugal yeah. than they do in Brazil. Right. So we actually had to have two different uh, translations of Portuguese in order for it to be read in Brazil. Mm. But it's a huge uh, country. You know, it's a huge uh, market. And uh, the place that I've always wanted to go aside from Argentina uh, in Brazil and uh, in Brazil, uh, the other place that I've always wanted to go to in South America is Chile. I've always wanted to go to uh, Machu Picchu. Yes. And uh, so I think I'm going to do that next year too. But uh, And the beauty of yeah. South America is you can go in the winter and then when you get there, it's summer. That's true. Yeah. Same with Australia. In fact, I'm going to go back to Australia next year. Ah. And uh, this time I'm also going to go to New Zealand, which I didn't get to go do last time. Uh, last time I, I actually went to Tasmania, which few people go to. <laughs> and uh, Oh, you devil. Going, that's right. Uh. And uh, this time I'm going to uh, New Zealand. So I just want to get in some plugs there in case there's some people listening. I know people all over the world uh, listen to these podcasts. And I got to thank you for uh, coming up with the idea for this because I never would have done it. And it was your idea to do uh. these podcasts. Oh, shucks. And uh, we've actually ended up reaching Many, many people who – way more than I would have thought uh, with these podcasts and introduced them uh, to the course and to my books, and uh, it's turned out to be a great thing. Well, you so know, what, thank it, you for that. Oh, my pleasure. And you know what? It really never fails to amaze me about the, the uh, global reach of podcasts because it's on the internet, which is all over the world simultaneously. So, yeah, we hear from people from everywhere, from South Africa, from Asia, from you know every place you could possibly imagine. I don't think we've gotten one from Antarctica yet, but we probably will eventually – on, on on the cruise, you know, you had mentioned that too when I was able to to join you on the cruise. You had said, well, you know, a lot of the people there, and I think it was probably all of them, are podcast listeners. So I was, I was somewhat of a celebrity too, which I loved. Everybody seemed to know me. Gee, you know, I love the shows, you know. So it was great. We had people from New Zealand and from uh, from Australia on, on board, as well as people from Asia, people from Europe, several people from London. So it was really a universal gathering that we had out there, and I'm sure we'll see that again in March. But the podcasts, yeah, that's one great thing that really surpasses uh, radio or television, that the, these little programs just reach around the world, and it's just amazing how far it goes. So it's, it's a, real, a real joy. That's right, and I understand that uh, at one point we've even reached uh, the top ten at iTunes. Which is, yes, uh, in the spirituality, spirituality category at iTunes, which is the biggest sort of uh, uh, distributor or, or location to find podcasts of anywhere in the world. Uh, and yeah, we've been in the top 10 uh, right along with Oprah and her show. So we're, uh, we're in good company up there. Absolutely. So um, yeah, next show, uh, you, you know, we'll do those questions and answers. And uh, if people 
you know, have any questions and answers, I guess they can send them uh, to you, right? Yes, and also let me just say here, uh, quickly, I'll make this mention that uh, we, when we first started doing the podcast, eventually we started doing the questions, and when we brought that up, there was like this deluge of questions that came in, hundreds and hundreds of questions for Gary. And uh, I apologize, I assure everybody, I always say this truthfully, I read them all, I never neglect them, but we just can't get to them all as quickly as we'd like. Uh, I've assembled a group of questions, and these are some of the older ones that we just haven't been able to get to up till now. And I, you know, again, whether they're older or newer, the only thing we do is go through and just pick stuff that we hope will be of interest to the, you know, a wide assortment of people out there. Because a lot of people will say, I didn't ask that question, but I'm glad somebody else did because I always wanted to know that. So I think that's re the reason for the popularity of the question segment. Uh, next time we're going to deal with some, and they'll all be kind of older ones. So we're doing a little house cleaning and catching up with some of those old questions that have never been forgotten because love has forgotten no question with Gary Renard. Oh, that's right. Plus, we try to uh, choose a cross-section, you know, because a lot of different people will ask the same question. Right, So right. the ones that get asked the most, you know, those are the ones that we try to get to first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cover the broader uh, aspects. So is it true, then, that your fourth book will be Love Has Forgotten... Uh, no, I, yeah, Love Has Forgotten No One, Including My Ex-Wife. That'll be the title, I think, is... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, love has not forgotten her. In fact, uh, right now she's dating. Uh, she's dating this really good guy, and I know him. That was that's the funny part. Wow, you actually uh, know him because I, yeah, because I would go to Hawaii. Uh, so I've been there about uh, to do about six workshops in the last few years, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, like any excuse will do, you know, to go to Hawaii. And uh, the workshops are good too. But this guy would always come to my workshops. Very nice man. Uh, he, a few of us would go out to dinner afterwards. He'd be one of them. We got to know each other a little bit, and he's a very nice Japanese man, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, he understands the course, and, you know, very much, and Karen has gotten very much into the course right. uh, lately, and uh, so then Karen told me recently that uh, that they were dating, and, and I thought that was really interesting, you know, you talk about everything being connected, and it being a small world, and everything, here's this very nice guy who I like very much, and here's my former wife, uh, you know, going out with him, so uh, <laughs> I just thought that was pretty cool. Another love, love and forgiveness in action. Absolutely. Well, if we're going to wrap it up, why don't I, you know, I always do those little closing comments. I'll do it while you're here, and I'm even going to leave a spot for you to jump in right near the end, okay? Okay. Okay, hang on. We'll see everybody next time, and uh, we will be doing the questions for Gary next time. So, <clears throat> here we go. <clears throat> the Gary Renard Podcast is produced and recorded by Enlighten Up Creations and distributed by Forgiveness.tv. Verbal content of this program is copyright 2008, Gary Renard, and Gene Bogart. Uh, then what do I say? Oh, yeah, I say, uh, for more information about Gary and his activities and books and personal appearances, go to his website. That's www.garyrenard.com. And, of course, to find out more about both of what we're doing or what we're both doing and our podcasts, go to forgiveness.tv. And then I say, this is Gene Bogart, thanking you so much for listening, inviting you to join us next time on the Gary Renard Podcast. Here comes Gary, stand by. On the Gary Renard Podcast, where we always like to remind you that no matter what the circumstance or question, forgiveness is the answer. Now, we should have rehearsed. It's forgiveness is always the answer, but you were still right. So thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, by the way, uh, Gene, before you finish, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of my website, believe it or not, I had new pictures taken. Did you have nude pictures? No, new pictures. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're actually going to be up at the website within a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, I, I, I 
in retiring the old shirts. Oh no, no, no! The famous, the what was it? The the pink and the green, or red and blue, or something? Yeah, the two famous shots. That's right. People we'll, would always rip me about that. We'll still have it up on the on our podcast page and, and at forgiveness.tv because we, we can't get yeah. rid of them all. But yeah, so you'll have that. And that'll be at your website. If I'm not mistaken, you may want to tell us that. I believe it's the website you named yourself. Do I have that correct? Yeah, it's actually GaryRenard.com. And uh, those pictures were taken almost six years ago, believe it or not, just uh, before the book was even uh, wow. even published. And, uh, and you barely so- changed a bit. No, actually, people would be surprised when they see me because uh, I actually, and I'm not just saying this, I actually look younger today than I did six years ago. So the pictures will show that. Hey. And uh, it's it's fun. You know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, forgiveness has uh, some natural benefits that go along with it. Uh, that's not the purpose of it, certainly. But if you get a lot of stress out of your life, it can lead to some uh, pretty remarkable things. And, you know, so people will really hate me because, you know, I'm I'm kind of chunky. But when we were on the cruise... I ate like I've never eaten before. I've eaten at least four times my normal intake of food. And in the course of that week on the ship, I lost two pounds. I believe it. You know, it's like I tell people, if you can learn how to do things without guilt, uh, it does not affect you as much as it would if you still have that guilt in your mind. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of very practical benefits that can come along with doing this kind of a spiritual path. And I'm coming out with a a forgiveness weight loss program. Uh, It's going to be a big seller. (laughs) Meet me on Oprah. Hey, why not those uh, those diet books, man? They sell more than anything. You know, if I if I uh, wanted to really make money, I could uh, write a nice diet book. But I think you're going to beat me to it. So <laughs> I, I need go. to. <laughs> I think we. You know, what else it? we could do? What's that? We could write. Uh, we could write a book of jokes. We have so many jokes. <laughs> we do. You know, we, we, do. Could, we, we could write a comedy book. Okay? <laughs> the Real Man's Guide to Spiritual Humor. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I think we've set a new record for length in our podcasts. I think this will be the longest one ever by the time we're done and I tighten it up and send it out. I don't think there's anything I could tighten. It's just perfection, Gary. I can't help it. I wouldn't worry. I mean, you know, nobody's listening by now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anybody who makes it to the end of this would email me and let me know. We have a very dedicated <laughs> dedicated fan base out there. They'll they'll tell me. And Can you guys quit clowning around and just stick to the course? You know, so uh, I'll get a few of those on this one. But a lot of people like our, our banter, so hopefully they'll have plenty to like on this one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get down to the nitty-gritty in the uh, next part. Th- this is podcast. the problem when we don't have a chance to talk socially for a while. We have so much to catch up on. We do it on our show, so I hope people enjoy that. But uh, we always say we're very real on these shows. We obviously don't rehearse. We just This is off the top of uh, top of, of Manny's head in our case. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> a, a pleasure as always, buddy. Okay, buddy, and since I said it wrong, I'll say it again. Forgiveness is always the answer. Well, people can't say that they don't have something to listen to now if it's 54 minutes long. There you go. That's the That's always the answer.